Today, uh, Hebrews 6 and following of chapter 4, Hebrews 4, verse 6. Um, and here we see, again, uh, as we continue on, and again, if you ha- I don't know if you have last week's paper, but that's where we will start. Why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Lord, we know that by your word, by your grace, we are saved. And that you are truly uh, the one uh, who, who grants us the remedy for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, bless us in heart and, heart and soul and, and always lead us in, in this life of faith that through all things you may grant us the endurance of faith till the end. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, verse 6 here. Uh, okay. Uh, so we can read that for me. 6 and 7. All right, so this really does go very close to our, our sermon this morning for those that were at the morning service. Um, uh, you should have heard it. I, if you hear the children's message again, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just, uh, he made the funniest. He said, um, I did this work and rest children's message. What's work and what's rest? And he's like, who's working today versus who's resting today? And I asked, who's working today? And he said, you are. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. It was, he's right. I mean, I am working, but, well, God is working. That's what's really happening here. But, but anyways. Uh, so here we see, since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, we speak of today. Now, today. Um, why is today so important. Why is today, uh, whether it was for the Hebrews or for us, like today, like today, why is that so important? What, what is the, when we speak of today, this brown has bugged me because it's so like, <laughs> it's not brown. It's like tan, you know, it's like, Yes, Um, but uh, today, uh, what is it about today that we've heard this constantly? We hear it in uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 13, today. Why does the writer focus on today? Why is there an urgent... Like now? Now. Because we never know when the thief in the night will come. Whoa, purple. All right. So I'm like... I think it's time for an eye check, but it was a purple one. Anyways, uh, but what is it about now? Why, what is the, for the Hebrews, uh, for us, what is the great flippant view of now or today? Uh, or the lack of, urgency or the lack of, right? Uh, but what, okay, we're not doing it too bad. <laughs> what is it about urgency? Now, let's be honest here. Let, let's really dig deep in a sense of what our human nature says about urgency. 
according to the word of God, according to Christ Jesus and his word. What is it about urgency and enduring and, and, and today that we at many times say, what? There's always, always tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, but what is it about today that is so important? Right now, in this time, in the word of God, why is today so important? Yes. yes, so we see um, today as in the now versus the later, uh, the urgency right now versus the putting off. And again, how, what, is, what is it about putting off? What is our justification for putting off things? I have all the time, right? Any, anyone else? It's easy. It's, it's easy? You mean like, um, oh, it's easy to put off? Like yeah. it's our nature? Yeah. Habit? Too busy. Um, now, this is a tough one, right? Too busy? Because it really lays out the, the priorities. And that's a tough one, I think, for us. I mean, humbling, to say the least, about the priorities that we really cherish and we really view as important. Um, I know, um, you know, <laughs> I know living up in the Northwest. Uh, when the Seattle Seahawks were really good. I mean, you remember that span? Every playoff time, I'm like, please be a one o'clock game. Please be a one o'clock game. Please. <laughs> number one, I'm a Rams fan, right? But number two, they were so good that it can cause a lot of people to kind of say, well, what is most important? Um, and sometimes you wish for a horrible football team because you're like, no one's going to watch them. What's the big deal, right? Um, or for us, like the Dodgers, I guess they're good, right? Do people like the Dodgers here? Or, or whatever it may be, uh, our priorities are really skewed in a sense of our view of today. And again, when we talk about today, what is, it, what is the most important thing that I need to hear today? We see the, uh, the, the Israelites, what happened because of their disobedience? They failed to enter. They failed to see today, didn't they? Like, today as in this is the promise of God, not today as, okay, we're, we're hungry, we're thirsty, we can't, we're not going to reach the land, we're failing to see the promise of God, and we're looking at today and saying what? This is impossible, right? And, and at the same time, it's, no, today is the word, the promise of Christ and what he has given to us. Because at the same time, with those priorities, as it diverts from today as in the urgency of God's word... There we know, and this word is Christ, we know how easily we put it off, but also um, how as we, put off it, as we put it off with our other priorities, what does the word become in your life, honestly? Now, we say the word of God is living and active. We'll talk about today, that today, uh, that the word is living, that it pierces the heart, that it guides us in the one true faith, that it forgives us of our sins, and that, that we have comfort in the words that the Holy Spirit works through that very word uh, to, to enlighten and to illumine our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What becomes of the word when today becomes about the earthly priorities? Or we sing that song in My Hope is Built in Nothing Less, that all the things of this world are like props. Did you hear? Did you catch that in our in our singing this morning? That, like, think about that. Like props. 
Like, do we think our worldly things are props, honestly? Like props like in a theater, like you move them around and they're just temporary and you move scenery to scenery. And, and uh, is that, I mean, honestly, when we talk about priorities in the word, what becomes of the word when we fail to see that the word is of today, when the word becomes, well, I have all the time in the world to put it off. It's so easy to do that. I'm too busy. What becomes of that word, you think? The view of that word. Non-essential. Yeah, less important. Um, Or that word simply becomes something that we do rather than resting in the word of God. Does that make sense? The word just becomes a Sunday where we go like grocery list for me every Monday. My wife and I drop the kids off at school, go to the three stores we go to, get the produce, the meats, the fish, the desserts. Routine. And, we, and when it becomes a routine, um, you know, I, I mean, it's humbling. Because so easily we gravitate towards the earthly routines as if they're essential. And when it comes to the Word of God, it's just like... Just like, one of the routines on your list. Yeah, and I, and I can wait for tomorrow. Or it could yeah, be like exactly. a rabbit's foot, you know, a lucky thing that you have in your back pocket in case you need it. I remember those. I mean, literally, I remember the little keychain. It sounds on that ball keychain. Anyways, but, but yeah, no, you're right. I think when it comes to the word, this is, and that's why when we come to church, uh, this is a very important time. You know, I, I always, this is of the utmost importance. I, you know, my wife and I always talk about it. I'm not talking about my wife here because she says never talk about me. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to Sunday stuff, like for our children, this is it, right? Because we know that this is the most important thing in life, is to hear God's word. There's nothing that is more important than that. Because today is today. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? And again, with our college kids, uh, that's what I always try to pinpoint at them is they're young. They're seemingly immortal. They have, they have the resiliency. They can rebound after, let's say, a whole night's study of without sleep and they wake up in the morning like they're good as new. You're like, they have all the strength in the world. They have all the you know, capacity to do all these things. But today is what? It's all about the word. And this is where I think when we talk about the, the, the Israelites and we, we talk about ourselves, how we, we go on to the later as we put it off. But what, what is most important about this is that we need to understand what does the word give? And that's the key. You know, uh, Robert would say, oh, you're working today. I'm like, yeah, that might be right to a degree, but ultimately it is God who's working upon you by his word. Now, when we talk about working upon you by the word, what does that mean? What do I mean by that? That God works on you by the word. Anyone? Yes. I think he helps build our armor. Okay, good. Yeah, that's right. Very good. 
Yeah. See, the, the oh. Let's just say building oh. spiritual maturity as well as a reminder that it is today, right? I mean, you can go out on the street, drive your car, that could be it. Or your heart, your heart just. Everybody thinks they're going to live forever, right? Because a lot of us have felt like we live forever. <laughs> <laughs> but young kids think they are going to live forever, right? Oh, sure. Oh, well, sure. None of this is important in the day, right? In the day, right? Um, yeah, and that's where the word becomes, I think, something like, okay, we have to do this to be Christian, and, and I got to hear the word, and and go to church, and it becomes about what you do rather than what God is working on you and, 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 and leading you by this, by this word uh, through the faith, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, you might wonder why I have this circle here, right? It's a good circle. It, 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 one, of my, one of my best. Trust me, they usually look like tomatoes. Or like... Hey, once in a million years, we, we win the lottery. Anyways, that, that, you're right. It's, it's a little... Right here, it's a little... Um... Uh, we should... Can someone take... take can you stick it? Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, but here I have a circle... Um, and uh, again, as I, we talked about in the sermon this morning, just about kind of this pie-shaped picture of what, what we hear during the week. And, and when you think about it, um, how many things do we hear, uh, let's say, um, probably, does anyone watch TV here? Oh, no. <laughs> um, sports, uh, in your discussions, let's say, with people uh, at the water cooler, let's say, or on the phone, or on the radio, um, the, the uh, movies, podcasts, music, all this stuff. Now, uh, again, all these contain words. All these are teaching you in some sort of way. Uh, and when it comes to the word, sometimes for some people, literally, it's just this much, right? And I think for all of us, we definitely know what, this, what we're up against. We, we know how, when we talk about today, we're, we're, we're inundated with all these different things. And it is this day, as Chris said, about all the stuff we go through in life. Here we come together to hear God's word and to be filled uh, with uh, the Holy Spirit, guided by that word that points us to Jesus. And this is the word that we need to hear. Now, this is kind of like a, uh, when we talk about this, this line, this is where I think we want to always have this kind of increase, right? We want it to be more and more of us. Uh, as Chris said, you know, as we hear the word, this is our being, as we're filled with that word, as it points us to Jesus. Uh, but yet we know the tension that is at hand with all the things we are being taught by the world. Whether we know we're being taught or not, we are being taught. Our kids are being taught in so many different ways. Um, that's why in, in order to really point them back to Christ, we, we have to be in the word. And there the word, as we heard it this morning, today is so important because we know the consequence of what can be for the first generation Israelites. They would not enter because of their disobedience. Um, again, uh, time Whose time are we on? God's time. 
And this is why today is so important, because we are on God's time today. I don't know about tomorrow for you and I, or the next week, or the next month. But what we do know today is that by his very word, the word of Christ, by his grace we are forgiven of all our sins, and that we have life in his name. This is the word that we need to hear, right? Um, I know um, <laughs> I used to work on Sundays when I was in college, and my mother quickly uh, put that to a stop. So you're not working on Sunday. I'm like, oh, but we need the, we need the money. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, I, I don't care how much we need. You're going to church because that's most important, right? So that's what happened. Because, again, the word is so, uh, the word is the preciousness of, uh, of, of that law of gospel, of that remedy, of that rest in the midst of all the chaos that we face. And not, I mean, we might talk about listening, but what about all the spiritual attacks? What about all the temptations? What about all the chaos that I even talked about yet? I mean, this is where the word really comes in. And, and for them, this is where the word departed, the Israelites. And as a result, what happened? They failed in their disobedience and they did not rest in the promised land, right? And, and there is an urgency here, friends, right? There is an urgency uh, in a sense of this word because this is who we are. This is what leads us by the grace of God. So here we see on our notes, uh, today um, he calls us by his word through the divine service. Now, this, is, uh, this next quote is from a Concordia commentary. John Kleinig, I don't know if you have the paper, but here he writes, that day is now, in, in speaking of today, that day is now, the time for entry into that place is given in the divine service as the congregation listens to God's voice that addresses them and us then and there. Now, that's what's happening today in the now, in the divine service. God is speaking to us by that very word. Uh, and that's what we ought to listen for. So, again, um, I know it's easy, friends, uh, to, to rather than, what's the word? Uh, having Sunday as if it fits into my schedule versus scheduling everything around Sunday, that's the tension, isn't it? But I think the bottom line is, is what does the word give to me? Why am I here? Uh, is it simply just to put my two hours for God? Or is it those two hours where God is working on me and giving me the rest that this world cannot give me, right? And if you're coming just because, let's say, oh, I have to be there because the attendance sheet is a little barren these days and pastor's keeping his mental notes on that attendance sheet, which I'm not. No, actually, I don't keep notes, but I, I'm always looking, right? But why, why do I look? Why, why am I looking whether you're here or not? Concerned. Concerned. Uh, in, in a sense... Out of love. Thank you. You're so gracious, Chris. Um, You're the shepherd. The shepherd. Uh, under shepherd. Under. But no, I, I know what you mean. Uh, because we know what's on the line. You know, the, the, the easy justification is what? Oh, well, you know, I believe in God. I know I haven't been to church in two years or five years or ten years, but I believe in God. What, what happens to that whole I believe in God when we're not in the Word? They start making things up themselves. This is how I think it is. And how, danger, how dangerous is that? Is it dangerous? Or is it no big deal? 
It's very, because we love to shape and, and be the one who is molding the clay, don't, aren't we? We, we love to do that. Uh, and it's easy, right? It's easy, right? Um, and, and, and there we go off in today. So today is very important. So every time you wake up in the morning, on Sunday morning, I, I guess I learned something new. Emily wakes up at 540. That's very impressive. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but when you wake up that early in the morning, uh, remember what you are going to. Um, but uh, this is today. So anyways, very important. Um, I know I'm usually a, a 5.45 kind of guy in the morning. But uh, sometimes 2 in the morning, too, when I just randomly wake up. Those are the days I'm super bummed. Yeah. Like, why did you wake up? <laughs> like, sitting there, like, staring at the ceiling, like, no, why? Such precious hours of sleep. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, verse 8. <laughs> verse 8. All right, so Joshua would be the one who would actually lead them into the promised land. But what is it about this conditional? If Joshua had been given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. See, all this, see, for the Hebrews, we, they look at the Israelites and they look at their rest in the promised land. And, and indeed, they, they finally reach it. The second generation does, right? And but Joshua would lead them. But why does the writer say later on in the context of the book of Hebrews? If Joshua had given them rest, he wouldn't have spoken later on. What is he saying to the context of the Hebrews who are falling away, who are turning back to what they knew? Why, is, why does the writer put this in, you think? Oh, you're looking for the footnotes. Very good. Very good. Lutheran Study Bible, great footnotes, by the way. Patrick can attest to it. He always tells me that, but I can attest to it too. I love the footnotes. But, uh, uh, but this, is a, this is a foretelling of what? Of Jesus. The promised land, the true rest, it's a foretelling all in what Christ Jesus would bring as a savior of the world. So for the Hebrews, if you turn back to this, you're really, what? Not seeing the big picture, the fulfillment that is in Christ Jesus. And, uh, and again, you know, when we talk about the word of God, every time we preach God's word or study God's word, what is the center? It's always Jesus, right? So again, rest is not in Joshua, Yeshua, but in Jesus. And, and this is the uh, kind of the, the picture that is showing the Hebrews, like you can't rest on these things because it's all looking forward to the coming Messiah, the Redeemer King, right? Um, and that's why the word today is your rest, right? It's your rest. I know Robert said, oh, you work on this day. Um, and I'm like, that's right, right? And for pastors, you know, as I said in Bible study before, our greatest joy is to... Um, the greatest uh, joy that we have, the gladness that we have is we love to preach, but there are those days when we have Sundays off and we sit down and just take it all in 
And what a, what a great day that is. I always tell my kids, this is such a great day, right? When we have those moments to rest in God's word and to just fully receive it um, in the pews. And that's what I see you all as. Like, you're there. What a great time it is to be together, to rest in God's word, and, and to know that it always is that Jesus rest, right? And, and this is the key, right? So what, has, what needs to be spoken later on, that's what he is referring to. So you can't turn back because if you trusted Joshua, friends, the Hebrews, then you're missing the point of what this is all about. He doesn't give you true rest. The true rest is in the gospel for you. Uh, who loves their physical rest? <laughs> raise your hand. Come on, you guys. Be honest. I love my physical I'm too tired to raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, we like our rest. Uh, but do we always see the word of God as our rest? Be honest with it. It's okay. I don't, I don't see it always as my rest as well. There's times where I'm like, oh, man, I got to do this Bible study. <laughs> like, I got to write up. It, 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 can be, uh, it can be tiresome at times. Or it can be like, oh, man, the burden of the human sin is just so about ourselves. And, you know, when we talk about Jesus rest, it's like, you know, what a restful thing this is um, to be in Christ. What a joy it is, right, to be in the Word. Anyways, Chris. The coolest thing is that God helps us not worry, so we don't have mental, that kind of rest, like mental, that, that's even more of a physical rest sometimes. Because even when you're resting, it's in your mind. You know, like, sometimes I prefer to keep working because then I'm busy, and then I'm not, I don't know, being lonely or worried about my kids or, you know, if I'm working, I'm doing something constructive. And my mind is resting, actually, kind of. Interesting. Very, very good. Seriously. But God gives us our mental rest. Sure. Because hopefully we give it to him to take care of because he's sovereign. Yeah, you know, you know, and again, when we, when we talk about rest, uh, when I say Jesus is your rest, spoken later on in that verse 8, uh, what does that mean? It's just comforting. It's just comforting. You can stop worrying about your world problems. Let them go. As Chris was saying, put them on hand. Good. Good. Anyone else? A while ago, you spoke about the lady. Who it took three hours for her to get ready to come to church. It took three hours. That was a lot of work for her to get ready to come to church. But when she got here, that was her rest. <clears throat> and I think about preparing a sermon, preparing a Sunday school lesson, and, and it's work. It is work. And I think, oh, I've got to I've got to make time to prepare that lesson. But always, always, every time I do. I'm blown away by what I've, I've learned myself, and I thank God that he has, has pushed me forward through that because it has given me greater rest than I, greater peace, greater joy than I ever imagined it would have that week. Um, I don't know, there's, there's so many ways that he gives us rest in the Word. And that, that ultimate rest is? Let's our conscience of our sin. Sin, conscience, sin, guilt, 
shame, death. I mean, all this. When you talk about rest, this is who I am by the word of God that's preached to me. I am a child of God. Like, my, my conscience is cleansed. I'm forgiven of my sins. I have life in his name. Death has lost his sting. This is who I am. And, um, you know, uh, this is our rest. It is what Jesus has done for us. Because I know this world as we live it, it is full of unrest. Am I right? Not only just in the world, but even within. There's a lot of worries that you might have, a lot of uh, exhaustion or tired or burden or whatever it may be, spiritual struggle, spiritual fight. But yet when we hear God's word, there we see what Jesus has done for you. And that is our rest. You know, the great deception is what about rest? That God's word doesn't give me rest. That my rest only can be found on my one day I'll get one. My lazy boy, right? <laughs> or my rest on the porch, or my rest as I look out in nature, or my rest in doing engineer-like things done. Is that rest? Oh, no, no. All right. <laughs> or, you know, our rest is in all these things, and they're, they're good. I'm not saying those things aren't bad. But when the rest of, of Jesus and his word becomes kind of like, that doesn't really give me rest. I'm tired. I'm too tired this week to go to church. I think we, we need to really ask, what is, why do I go to church? Like those are the moments where I tell myself too, like, why do I? Well, I know why. But why do I go to church, right? Is it for that rest? Or is it for something else? And that's why I think we'll talk about later on, the promised land, Jesus rest. So important to understand what that means. Because uh, Jesus does give you, ultimately, his forgiveness. We need to hear that, friends. I need to hear that time and time again. And because, trust me, my, my podcasts, let's say if they're not Christian or, or if my TV shows or my chatter with the world, those words aren't imparted to me, right? I mean, just think about that. How many words go into our ears that are not of Christ? And there's a lot. There's too many. If we really dialogue it or log it down, uh, we very well know how many different words we hear. But when we hear this word, this is, this is where the Holy Spirit comforts and convicts, uh, conv- convicts and comforts you in the redemption of our Lord for you. And that's what we need to hear on this pilgrimage of faith. Right? But the Israelites, why did they uh, fall? Because of their disobedience, their rejection. Right? And, and how? Because they swayed away from God's word. And how easy it is for us to sway away from God's word. It's easy. It's quick, too, sometimes. Right? Uh, and that's why this word is so important. Because it's Jesus. You know, I always say it. I always say that. But it's true. That, that's, this is what it's all about. Anyways. Uh, okay. So later on that day. Okay, Jesus. Uh, verse 9 and 10. If someone could read that. 9 and 10. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from him. All right. Um, Who works seven days a week? Raise your hand. Who has a job that is seven days a week? What if you work seven days a week for all your life? What would happen? The engine would start to kaput quickly, right? We all need our rest, don't we? Physical rest, but also spiritual rest. And here we talk about that Sabbath rest. That Sabbath rest is Jesus. When you hear God's word, when you receive his name, when you receive his gifts, by that word, there you have your rest. 
And that is what the writer is saying. This is your rest. Right? Um, if we forego the word, what happens to that rest? Where do we find that rest? Simply in our carnal, our carnal version of rest. Right? And we hope that will give us rest to meet the day ahead. When in fact, this is our true rest. We know what happens when, again, when we find our rest, as the Israelites did. Their rest was in the flesh, and the result was their failure. When we rest in our flesh completely, we know that there will also be destruction and failure as well. And that's why this rest of Christ is very important. Right? Um, as we look at our handout here, um, <clears throat> to be vacant from the toils of this life, they were to rest and meditate upon God and his word. For the Hebrews, their true rest from the works is the place of Christ on the cross who spoke the completed words. It is finished. The benefits of Christ's completed work is received in his restful word and sacrament. Right? And this is, uh, this is what's happening here in his word. Right? I love it. I, I think as Lutherans especially, our vernacular is all Jesus. Everything's about Christ. And what a great gift that is um, as we live as faithful Christians. Um, who is Christ, who is our rest. Uh, but as we continue here uh, on your new handout, verse 11, uh, why don't we continue? Um, my wife says coffee's ready, so um, if you want to be brave and see how it is without that piece, that little spigot, we'll see how it turns out. But maybe if, if it turns out good, hey, it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> but again, as I, we, we're kind of swirling around this topic again, but I think it's very important. Um, What's that rest, as we see right here in verse, uh, verse 11? Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. What's unique about that rest? Anyone? Any thoughts? I'll tell you, and I've told this story many times. Um, you know, when, when, you, when you visit someone who's uh, older and they're facing a lot of mind memory issues, um, they've been to church all their life. And um, as you go through the liturgy with them, they remember everything. Everything else might be a little hit and miss, but when it comes to Lord's Prayer, Apostles' Creed, Communion, Confession, Absolution, they, 23. Psalm 23, they are there with you. And when we talk about that rest, you guys, what is so unique about that rest? Why, why doesn't it compare to just your rest day off from work or 
your rest day off from all the other things that you do in this life? Why is that rest so vital for you individually? Is it vital? Or is it kind of like, okay, I, I guess if we get there, or, you know, 50-50, depends on the situation. Uh, you know, depends on the day. You know, is it my rest? We'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, I could definitely do that other thing to give me rest or that other thing to give me rest. But that rest is, I mean, that rest, is that how we see the word of God? Like, that is rest? Or, or are we, again, as human beings, so we kind of go through that tension of, well, it's good, but there's something else. That rests. If, if we saw Satan in all his fury, I mean, I don't know if we will, when Christ returns, will I mean, but if we did see all his fury in us, our final rest is to be separated from all that Satan and evil is. We're, we're with God and totally separate from that and all those things. What does, what does the devil do right now, you guys? Right now. What does he do right now in this life? What is his job? If there was a, <laughs> there was a description of Satan's job, what, what's his job? What's his... To keep us from Christ. To keep us from Christ. How does he keep, a, how does he keep us from Christ? Distraction. Distraction, right? And he looks good. He, he, he does. Do we, uh, you know, do you think everyone sees the spiritual reality of the devil? No, not at all. I mean, as, even as Christians, I think sometimes we, what is it? It's so, the devil's so deceptive that he makes himself, he marginalizes himself in people's eyes thinking that, don't worry, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm just helping you along. I'm not trying to be forceful or, or mean or evil. You know, I'm no big deal. Don't worry about me. Ignore me. But when in fact... You know, he's doing his thing, right? Yeah. And think about some of the cartoon characters we see. Oh. You know, with the pointed ears and the pitchfork and all that. There's and the mustache, too. You've got to get the... They're silly. And that's, after a while, if there's enough of that kind of stuff coming out, that's how you see Satan. Yeah. And, 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 and that is the big deception, again, of the Israelites... Uh, of the Hebrews and also for us, right? Like that rest, that uniqueness we're talking about, eternal life, that is unique, right? I mean, no one else can give us eternal life except Jesus Christ. I mean, the uniqueness of Christ is because of his uniqueness through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, through the cross and the empty tomb, we very well know that in that preached word, uh, there the, the, the Holy Spirit is strengthening us and pointing us to what he has done. But most importantly, to that, that rest. And that's why we need to hear it. Now, when we don't understand the uniqueness of Christ and what this gives to us, when Christianity becomes cultural, or I grew up with that, or something just kind of like, what's the word? Just kind of like the thing to do, or, or tradition, or what's just like one of those type of things, then, then we'll see it as other, like other things of the world. Now, when we know what this faith is all about in Christ Jesus, what is spoken to me later from Joshua to Jesus, that rest is all Jesus. And that is what we need to hear. And because what we hear is the uniqueness of the gospel and what he has given to us. And this is the constant, my friends, as we talk about our 
pilgrimage in the faith. Right? Because we know what COVID has done. The pandemic has really turned us upside down. But yet, what keeps us together? The word of God, that rest. That's what keeps us together. The word that endures forever. As we make this walk of faith, in this enduring faith, on this pilgrimage to what is to come in his return, this is where we constantly are being fed that very rest in the word of God. Very different than saying, like I was a kid, well, why do we go to church? As a kid, I'm like, yeah, this is the thing we do for God, and we give him some time during the week. I mean, that's a good Christian thing to do, right? I mean, I feel guilty if I didn't go, because if I didn't go, then God will probably be mad at me, and I'm not a good Christian because I didn't go to church. Literally, it became, simply for me, a tendency sheet. That's all it was. Like, I did my time. <laughs> like, I did my time for God, and that's what I did. Uh, and that was good enough to declare me, okay, I'm a Christian. I did the Christian thing. I went to church, right? It's so easily we get caught up into that when, in fact, no. I need the rest that only Christ can give me by his word. And what a restful word that is. Like, what a great gift to receive the word and sacrament. And here we are in that rest. So remember that. Um, I know we'll stop there and we'll continue with verse 12 next time. But any, any thoughts or questions on these themes of, of enduring, of rest, uh, and how that applies to us through the long gospel? Do you, do you all see that? Yeah, that it's tension? Almost, it's almost like flipping your, your thoughts around. It's not like a parent scolding you because you didn't do something. It's, here's a gift and give you that true rest right, right? I, don't, I don't know about you friends but can we sleep enough to have perfect rest no. <laughs> like no. is there a way to, if you sleep eight hours a day for three months straight i guarantee you you will be perfectly at rest is that a guarantee that i can give people why is it not a guarantee? You still have the worldly burdens of everything around you that you worry about, that you're concerned about, death, sin, pain, your bills, going to work. You can never get rid of that. This is, this is the only way you can get rid of all of that worldly concern that Christ has given to us. That's right. Free. That's right. You just have to accept it. Yeah, that's right. You know, this life of faith is, is one of God's gifts, and, and we, in this uniqueness of the gospel, we rest in this one true faith. So, yes, uh, we're resting together, all together in his word right now. All right, let us pray. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that in this life of enduring, in this pilgrimage of faith, you have granted us an eternal rest in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us and grant us your peace as you give us strength and faith to meet the days ahead. Through all things, we are thankful that you have given us our Savior. Bless us this day in your word. Sanctify us in your truth. And lead us eternally in your name. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.